0: Welcome to Today's Issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano.
1: Welcome to Today's Issues. It is May 31st. Folks, we are on the verge of June, six months through the uh, 2022 journey. Fred Jackson is joining me in studio. Good morning, Fred.
0: I'm just amazed at the philosophy there. Oh. Six months through. It's going to
1: get even deeper. The verge of something. And I'm talking philosophically (laughs) deeper, (laughs) as opposed to some other depth. That that ghostly voice, laughter you hear in the background. Is Ray, Doctor Ray Pritchard <laughs> of Keep Believing Ministries, Doctor Ray, where have you been, my brother? Where I have you been? I have
2: been out, out and about. Uh, I've been holding down the fort a little bit. The hour before this, yes, and then, uh, and, and now back with you guys. So great to be back, and uh, so we're on the verge. We're on the verge of June. Is that what you said? The yes. I, I
1: just I, I, like I was it. telling my wife. Uh, over the weekend, I said do, do you realize we're about to hit June halfway through the year? you know that that's what that's what just kind of strikes me is uh and then june twenty first out of these kind of things right. do, these kind of things uh uh, it's around June twenty first when summer uh, oh, fish, actually right. begins. Officially begins, right? And, and
0: from the days start getting shorter. That's what I was going to say. The yep. days
1: that's start right. getting shorter.
2: We head to winter.
1: We head to, to winter. <laughs> and
2: we head to winter just as summer just as summer is <laughs> arriving. There's and there's a lesson g- there. Somewhere. Oh,
1: there there is there are multiple uh, a multitude of lessons. And I will just say this one other thing. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, folks, you're going to, you're going to miss Tim Wildman here in just a few minutes because he, you know, he's on vacation. So we're, we're going to be filling in. Uh, but over the winter, we had a very cold winter is for Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And I told my wife, this, I said, this is the first time I've ever said this. Cause I've always said, I prefer cold to hot. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of cold. I'm 63 years old. I am looking forward to summer. And we've had some hot days, <laughs> and I have completely reversed course. One eighty. One eighty. Mm, so I know. Uh, anyway, it, actually, today's a pretty day, and got no real complaints, but I complain anyway. So <laughs> that's right. Uh, all right, well, folks, it is today's issues. There are a lot of things going on, um, uh, and Fred is here to to bring us the news. So, Fred, what's uh, what's first up?
0: Well, uh, the country is still absorbing the tragedy uh, in Uvalde, Texas. Last week, uh, funerals have begun for the precious kids who were killed in that, uh, the two teachers. And, you know, a lot of people asking questions about what went on. And uh, there was a news conference on Friday with one of the state kind of police agencies, peppered with a lot of questions about what happened in that period at 1130 in the morning when they first got the call there in Uvalde, a 911 call of a shooter. And, and I think it's worthwhile just going back a little bit and framing what happened that morning. We now know that this shooter, this young man, 18-year-old, shot his grandmother in the face and then proceeds. He, he drives away. His truck goes off the road in front of the school, which happened to be across the street from the funeral home. Uh, The two people who work at the funeral home go out to see what went wrong. He starts, the young man starts shooting at them. They run back into the funeral home, probably the first 911 calls. And then there's a teacher inside the school that heard the shots. She goes to a door and opens that door to try to figure out what's going on. And she leaves that post, but she leaves the door open. So what's happening is that we're starting to see what some of the reasons why things occurred, what they did. So he has an open door to go into the school. Part of the, the big part of the investigation now, which a lot of people are trying to figure out, we have close to a dozen police officers this is after the shooter has gone into the a classroom. He's behind a closed door in the classroom. He has already opened fire on, on some of these kids. But we have about a dozen police officers who enter the school building, and here's the part that people are having a tough time understanding. They stay outside that classroom for more than an hour. Now, what authorities have told us so far is that there was... Reasoning the police, the school district has a police chief, its own police chief. What we're hearing this morning and through the weekend is that police chief made the call to start treating this as a barricade shooter scenario versus a hostage scenario. There is a difference. I'm not a police officer, I'm, not I'm just repeating what we've been told. Therefore, they decided to wait it out. At the same time this is going on, there are kids inside that classroom with cell phones. They're dialing 911. They're saying police sent the police officers in. We're in here. This guy is in here. We have pictures. There was a teacher this morning who was inside one of these classrooms. She said she had a body of a a student on top of her. She is urging others, stay quiet while this is going on. But these are kids on their cell phone. Dialing 911, please send the officers in. So we got a, a pile of information right now. And yes, the fingers have started to point towards the school district police chief having made this call. But we always have to remember, this. we're still in the early days of this. It's easy to point fingers, you know, that you have, the, you have the parents outside. They know what's going on. They've heard shots. And the police officers in some case arrested the parents who are trying to charge into the school to help their kids. You understand all of this. Yeah. Um, there will be a lot of days ahead of us when decisions will be made as to what was the cause. Decisions will be made on procedures going forward. What we do know, there was a brave Border Patrol agent. They have a special unit that kind of runs to these kinds of situations. Some
1: sort of tactical unit. Yeah.
0: There, I think they were about 70 miles away, but they rushed to the scene, and it was a Border Patrol officer that said, enough, I'm going into that classroom. He's the one that went in and, and eventually brought down the gunman.
1: Well, this is uh, one of those kind of perfect storms. It, it sounds like it's as, it de- as it's developing, and and it, you have you're, you're striking the right tone here, Fred. We, we need to be very careful. We don't jump jump to conclusions and slander people who yes. you know may have gotten. You know, we're we're, we're going to find out.
0: None of us were there.
1: None of us were there. Hmm. None of us were in the shoes of those police officers. I think most of us are starting to make kind of implicit assumptions or even judgments about what maybe should have happened and shouldn't. But uh, this is one of those situations that is so out of the ordinary. There's just, I don't want to say there's no dress rehearsals for it because that's part of what police do. They Mm -hmm. basically have dress rehearsals for these kinds of things. But sometimes like with the open door, with the teacher open there, there are, there's an old expression, um, Everybody's uh, oh I can't remember it's it's some everyone has a plan for the fight until you get punched in the nose for the first time right something to that extent mm-hmm. and and uh, that seems to be what's what's happened here is little small errors in judgment the open door those kind of things can sometimes lead to a kind of cascading mm-hmm. uh, effect that leads to a real catastrophe uh, Ray I mean we're all we all have our patterns of life. And when those are so abruptly and violently uh, overturned uh, it, 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 sometimes we don't know what to do. Uh, This maybe this is what's going to happen here.
2: You've made You've made a great point that it doesn't matter how many dress rehearsals you have. I mean, if you're in Uvalde, Texas, you're not waking up before what happened. You're not waking up one day thinking, well, there's going to be a shooting at the school. You just don't think that way. So it doesn't matter. You, you know, you have a dry run through, you, you you game plan it out. You say, well, if this happens, we're going to do this and this and this. But when it happens, all the training, it can only take you so far. I guess one of the questions that's going to have to be answered is, on what, and, and we just don't know. Fred, you said it exactly right. We don't know. But clearly, there's going to have to be some clarity on what made that one person in charge think this was a, a question of a gunman who had barricaded himself versus an active shooter who was shooting the teachers and the students down one by one by one. Where did that, where did that come from? Who gave him that information, or how did he come to that conclusion? Because, uh, you know, if you're a parent, if if you're a parent and lost a child, that's a question you're going to ask and wrestle with for the rest of your life. You're never really gonna you're never really gonna be satisfied with whatever the answers are. I, I do have one question about the shooter himself. Was he on the radar at all? Did anybody? Was there any reason to 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 suspect that he might do something like this?
0: Well, that that's another part of the story. Of course, he was 18 years old when he carried out this deed, but four years previous, he was arrested in connection with another incident. But because he was 14 at the time, juvenile records are sealed. So, uh, of course, we now know this, but the you know there's there's this question once again. Wait a minute. Uh, there are reports that he was not mentally stable. Right. I'll just put it that way. I mean, he shot his grandmother before he headed to the school. So there's there, those questions, Ray, are being asked. Why wasn't there some kind of tracking here? But we do know that juvenile records are kept sealed because they want to give kids who do stupid things an opportunity to go on in life without right. a police record. Mm-hmm. So, But that will be looked at has to what he's been up to over the last four years since that incident with the cops when he was 14 years old. Um, there's, there's going to be a lot of why, why did this happen questions, but then we'll go back and say, you know, two or three weeks from now, people start to say, well, this is why it happened. And we, for instance, we don't want to change the policy of going into juvenile records And having juvenile records follow somebody the rest of their life. Right. So uh, it's just one of those things. I, I think one of the other disturbing aspects of this, you remember the president of the United States, Joe Biden, went on national television the night of this incident. He just got off Air Force One after returning from Asia. He struck the right tone, President Joe Biden did, in expressing sympathy Over what had happened. But then he did what some politicians do. He turned to politics and went after guns. Right. And he is still doing that as of this weekend. He went to Uvalde, the president did, uh, and his wife. He did the right thing out there. But coming back once again, he tried to make the issue guns and calling for more gun restrictions. And he said some puzzling things as he talked to reporters uh, outside the White House on the weekend about referring to 9 millimeter weapons as high-powered or high-caliber weapons. I want you to hear a little bit of this. Cut number one. A 22 caliber bullet will lodge in the lung. And we can probably get it out. maybe may be able to get it and save the life. A 9 millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body. So the idea of these High caliber weapon. There's simply no rational basis for it in terms of what is about self protection, hunting, hunting. I mean, I just, and remember, the Constitution, the Second Amendment, was never absolute. You couldn't buy a cannon when the Second Amendment was passed. Now, what bothers a lot of people is when Barack Obama was president, he used tragedies like this. Instantly, it's gun control, gun control, gun control, and the same thing is happening once again. So the attention gets torn away from where it should be on the families who are suffering from this tragedy to what seems to be a Democrat game plan every time one of these horrible incidents happens. Let's use this opportunity to call for more gun control.
1: Yeah, you know, this, uh, you know, and we do this, just about every time we have one of these events okay so we'll talk about why we have these events here in just a second but this is a this is a, a complicated issue human behavior is a complicated issue so you have questions about mental health is the mental health system failing you have questions of liberty can you just simply, can I just report my neighbor and say, I think this guy's unstable, and then he's thrown into a mental health you know, clinic for 30 days for observation? There are questions of evil, I mean, demonic evil. I don't know how, from a Christian perspective, I don't know how you can look at a human being killing little innocent children without bringing a darker, more malevolent entity into the picture. Um, there are people who say it's video games, people who say it's violent movies, okay, all those kinds of things. And you know what? Everyone may have a, a piece of the answer, but you don't always know in this particular case what the explanation is going to be. And I will just add one other thing, Ray, and we'll get your, your take on this. Uh, the the president, coming from a left-wing perspective, completely misses the point when it comes to Self defense. All right. So uh I don't I don't want to have to wait fifteen minutes for the cops to get there if there's someone outside my door. And if he's right, and I, I I'm not saying he's right or he's wrong, but if he's right that a twenty two caliber round is not going to end a life, then what's the point of me having a twenty two mm. if someone breaks into my house? If a nine millimeter is required the 9 millimeter round is required to stop somebody. That's what I want. And as a law-abiding citizen, I've gone through classes to get my enhanced carry uh, permit. I want to be able to defend my wife, my daughter, if my grandkids are there. If someone breaks in, I want to be able to take them down. The president makes it sound like that's the wrong thing to want. Yes. Let's get a, let's get a small round that goes into someone's lung and stays there. It makes no sense when you're talking about preserving your life. Ray, uh, my rant is over.
2: Uh, Let me just join you in that rant. If you listen to what the president said, he he, he appeared to be arguing it's better to shoot someone with this gun than with, he called it a, a high caliber nine millimeter. I'm not even sure what that phrase, I'm not sure technically what that phrase actually means. Right. Uh, we're not going to be able to get easily down to the bottom of this. I mean, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about what was just said, Fred, about this young man at the age of 14, something happened, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sealed. So we don't know, but something happened. And I take it, he did not leave behind, he didn't leave behind a manifesto, right? Nope. No statement. No. Nope. So we don't even know exactly what, animated what was going on. Something was going on in his mind, clearly badly disturbed. Was he trying to make a political statement? Was he angry? Was he under the influence of some kind of substance? I don't know. I don't know how you stop, uh, stop an incident like that happening that is not tied in this. If it's not tied, if it's just apparently he, something went wrong in his mind and he grabbed a gun, he shot his grandmother, went to the school seems to me we've got to get a better response time to the school we've got we've got to get better security at our schools all over the country. Um, beyond that, I don't know what we can do to stop an apparently unconnected act like this. How do you how do you stop it
3: in well, advance?
1: Well, and l- let me ask you both this. Uh, Fred, I'll start with you, okay? So I, I have talked to lots of people, have read on – facebook or people making comments on twitter or whatever that 40 years ago 50 years ago kids came to school with guns all the time yep. you know uh, rifles in their uh, pickups and all that kind of stuff we didn't have this happening my understanding is the swiss in switzerland every uh uh Uh, person over whatever the age it is, 18, they're all trained in the use of what are commonly called assault rifles. I'm sure it's AR-15. AR AR does not mean assault rifle. It's Armalite rifle. It's not assault rifle like people think. But they're all trained, and they all have them in their closets because they're all part of their military defense force. So why don't we see the Swiss shooting each other up? It's obviously not the gun. So let me ask you guys, this is there something wrong with our country that is resulting in things happening today that don't happen today in Switzerland and didn't happen in our country 40 years ago
0: well I I don't think there's any question about it Um, I was just watching Fox uh, before coming in the studios Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard but this past weekend 39 people were shot and killed in America. Philadelphia, Chicago, other Democrat-run cities. So it, it goes, and I, I think this is your point, point. it goes to a much deeper problem in our nation uh, that goes to a mentality. I, I mean, we see these videos coming out of New York City. It just goes on and on and on. Uh, There is lawlessness being, I think, taught and ingrained in the minds of our young people today. Um, Videos of people going up with mallets and breaking out windows and smashing and stealing. and, And there was another video this weekend of people going through this store and just picking up stuff, stealing it, and leaving. So there's a there's there's a, a mindset that has taken over in many places in this country that says it's all right to do these deeds. People being attacked on the streets of New York, there was a stabbing just
1: Yeah, a guy chasing a total stranger with It's a just knife. a
0: random thing. They don't know these people. They just go out and kill. So some you know, I've heard people talk about the violence in video games. I've heard people talk about the violence being promoted in certain forms, genres of music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean... Movies. But I, movies. I think it does come back to a, a spiritual thing. We've disconnected ourselves as a culture from the moorings of God's Word. Yeah. And what God's Word says is right and wrong. And what happens is it's a Romans 1 yeah. situation uh, where... People just are given over to these mindsets that they decide personally what is right and wrong. Nobody's going to tell me what I'm right. doing is wrong. <clears throat> Maybe people are angry because they, they hear over and over again that they're owed something by society because they've grown up in poverty. They've grown yeah. up in certain situations. So there's, it's, and, it's very, and I'm, I'm not original in saying this. We've said this before in this program. There is a spiritual problem in America that is now manifesting itself in this violence. Ray,
1: I'll uh, give you 60 seconds. Is there something wrong with our country?
2: Yes, and maybe, maybe Fred said it just in that one word: lawlessness. Lawlessness. What, you know what a word that is—to—to to live in a land where the law doesn't matter anymore. To live in a land where you can be a law unto yourself. It reminds me yet of. The book of Judges in the Old Testament, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Well, once you turn away from God, once you turn away from the word of God, once you turn away from shared cultural values of integrity, honesty, compassion, freedom, when, when you turn away from that, this is what happens. People are going to take guns and they're going to commit horrific acts because they think they can, and because they think nobody will stop them or there'll be no serious price to pay. That's where we are in America.
1: Well, and I I was just rereading this, I was thinking about the 60s, and I read that in an 18 month period uh, between 1970 and 1971, the FBI tabulated 2,500 bombings in this country. A lot of people don't remember, this is the Weather Underground, Students for a Democratic Society, these kind of radical groups. 2,500 bombings, five a day. Hmm. Okay, so if you have a heart set on murder, you can find a way to do it. So, all right, folks, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to today's issue.
4: What does the American Family Association stand for?
1: AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more
4: are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation Thank you for
5: standing with us. Well, after two years of COVID shutdown, Israel is open for business again. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. And you know, my wife, Allison, and I, we've been leading tour groups to Israel now for 20 plus years. And we're going to be joined by our sons, Wesley and Walker, as the family tradition continues in 2023. And we would love for you to come along with us. The trip is in March 2023. The dates, the costs, the itinerary, everything you need to know is at TWHolyLand.com. That's TWHolyLand.com. It's going to be a wonderful experience to travel with Christians from across the country to Israel and see the land where Jesus walked, where the Bible comes to life. Again, visit twholyland.com for all the information.
4: Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary
1: next. Uh, My goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom.
3: As we teach I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect
4: their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Chris Marcus lost both of his legs to diabetes, but he hasn't let his medical issues stand in the way of living life. That's why he jumped out of an airplane over West Addison, Vermont, skydiving from 10,000 feet. It was a fairly uneventful trip until the landing. That's when Chris realized he was missing one of his prosthetic legs. It had blown off during the jump, a $20,000 leg now missing. So Chris went on Facebook and shared his dilemma. About 100 people turned out to search around the landing zone, and the following day, a farmer found the leg in the middle of a soybean field. A terrific story about humanity and the corona crisis. It's nice to know there are still folks out there across the Fruited Plain willing to lend a helping hand to get a guy back up on his feet. I would urge you to read my latest book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. It's available right now at your favorite bookstore and online at toddstearns.com.
5: One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Psalm 27, 4.
1: American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at afr.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. And welcome back, folks. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wilman this week. I'm joined by Dr. Ray Pritchard and Fred Jackson. By the way, if you'd like to watch us do this radio show, you can go to Facebook and search for Today's Issues and click through. You can't go to YouTube because... We've been banned or uh, put in jail or whatever whatever YouTube does. Um, anyway, they have their reasons for it, and uh, I think it's uh, a year old or two years old or something. Uh, Brent, what's what, what, what was their explanation for why? They I would-
5: apparently got possible summer interns or something to go back and look at our programming, and they went back a year, year and a half. <laughs> Maybe too. Uh, anyway, it was uh, the reason they give me the other day was misinformation on the 2020 uh, election. Election. Yes. Yeah. And it was back when Walker was on this program. So that's been what two year half yeah. two years ago. So, so
1: anyway, that's uh, what YouTube has done. So you can't watch us on YouTube this week. I have no idea how long uh, did they say how long we're going to be. Uh, we should
0: uh, should be back Thursday.
1: Thursday. Okay. Yes. Well, anyway, folks, that is one reason why we uh, have uh, booted up AFA Streaming, and you can check that out at streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. Um, for, for uh, Today, now, you can go to streaming.afa.net and watch a lot of the video content we have available that we have produced. Uh, some of it is behind a paywall. But a great deal of it is for free. To watch everything, all you have to do is become a great commission partner. That is to give to American Family Radio on a regular basis, on a month-to-month basis, and all of it is for free. The reason I'm bringing it up is because uh, we have folks uh, internally here working on uh, developing the software to get all of our programming radio-wise, at least the uh, AFR-produced talk shows to stream live on our streaming platform. So we won't have to rely on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, We won't have to rely on them to agree with what we're saying, to allow us to uh, have our material on there. So uh, I don't know. We may still in the future be on Facebook and YouTube, uh, but we will certainly have, like this program, for example, if you're one who likes to watch us do radio, you'll be able to do that live on our streaming platform, streaming.afa.net. Please check it out. Fred?
0: Well, uh, we were talking about gun control being talked about in this country. Well, uh, the prime minister of our country to the north, Justin Trudeau, decided, why can't I take advantage of what's going on in the United States? And uh, over the weekend, he held a news conference to announce a ban on handguns and large magazines. Cut number five.
3: We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada and will require the permanent alteration of long gun magazines so they can never hold more than five rounds.
0: He went on to say, this was really interesting, the only reason you should have a gun in Canada is if you're into sports shooting or hunting. In other words, he told Canadians, uh, there's no need for you to have a gun to protect yourself or protect your property. Now, he said that as he was surrounded by 20 Royal Canadian Mounted Police protecting him. Yes. But hmm. you Canadians, uh, you don't need handguns to protect yourself from bad people. That's that's nonsense. But can you imagine? There's, that's a total freeze. You cannot, as soon as this takes effect, buy or sell or import any handgun.
1: Or gift. Yeah. You can't give one. Either. No.
0: Any handgun. No matter how small, whether it's one of those little revolvers or whatever yeah. the case may be, you can't. And magazines, no more than five bullets uh, in a magazine.
1: Yeah, because nobody's going to uh, smuggle in larger capacity magazines if you're uh, have nefarious uh, I, uh, I purposes in mind. Also, there's. Did you mention? Did he mention in there the uh, mandatory buyback?
0: Yes, he of uh, high-powered weapons.
1: Yes. Yes. What what they all call quote-unquote, assault rifles. Yeah. We've talked about that um, a, a fair amount of time. Look, uh, I I I like the idea. In, now, and by, by the way, I believe that what uh, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, said is what le- leftists in this country would love to do. Yes, I agree. They would, they would love to freeze, confiscate, forcible buybacks, all those kind of – they'd love to do that. I think it's a good idea. I'm not totally against – Um, Having you know some regulations in terms of you know age restrictions and um, uh, uh, having classes to know how to use weapons, except for the fact that I don't trust the left. Yeah. Okay. If I if if people on the left really want to have some of these ideas implemented, fine. Then I want you to come out publicly and say the Second Amendment gives everyone the right to have weapons to defend themselves or to protect the Constitution if it came to that. We all believe that's what the Second Amendment says, and we will never work to overturn that. If they would come out and say that, not that I would necessarily believe any of them, (laughs) but I would say, okay, then, then now let's talk about you can't buy a weapon until you're 18. Let's talk about having some classes so you learn about gun safety, how to use a gun safely i would be willing to do that except i don't trust the left i think what justin trudeau did is exactly what they want to do Mm -hmm. so there's no bargaining with Mm -hmm. these people there's no good faith measurements that i would ever accede to or agree to until they say second amendment you know michael moore the uh, ray i'll give you a chance to jump in here too uh michael moore the uh far-left documentary filmmaker, he came right out and said, I, I think we should repeal the Second Amendment. <laughs> That's what
0: I think they believe. Well, Biden himself said the Second Amendment is not absolute.
1: Yes, and what he means by that, is, I mean, Ray, when he says you could you could, could never buy a cannon, well, nobody <laughs> uses a cannon to defend their home. That, that is a red herring. I, I don't, I'm not sure the guy uh, has any concept of what gun owners Are concerned about, Uh, but when they hear things like that, they believe, like I do, that the left wants to confiscate guns. That's their ultimate goal.
2: It's really difficult to have this discussion with people on the left because there's a lot of there's a lot of thought leaders on the left who would do exactly what you said, Ed. They would, if they could, today. They would cancel out the Second Amendment. They would repeal it. They'd get it out of the bill of rights, out of the constitution. Now, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but I think if they thought they had a chance, they would repeal repeal the second amendment right now. And Fred, I got a question for you about up in Canada when when Mr. Trudeau said that, how's that going to go with rank and file Canadians? Will they do they agree with with uh, what Mr. Trudeau said or not?
0: the the culture in canada is definitely different i would say the culture in canada is more uh western european in its thinking overall in other words mm-hmm. they're comfortable with socialism uh so they they will be to a certain extent comfortable with this but having said that the way trudeau treated canadians uh during the pandemic you remember the trucking right thing right. basically oh, yeah uh calling in the army that you know against these truckers who simply wanted to get rid of the vaccination mandate that's all that they wanted in that so um uh, the thinking is a bit different you will not see probably the level of opposition there that you would if biden suggested to that in this country right you have the second amendment to protect you there they don't have a second amendment up there so I I think the read in Canada will be somewhat passive but I think a a level of growing concern of government control over your life that for sure is building in Canada
1: you know one thing we didn't mention when we've been going through this discussion uh, about the tragedy in Uvalde Texas uh, is fatherlessness. Yes. Okay. And I and, I, and I, I we've talked about that a lot on our show, um, and our listeners are probably familiar with how this discussion goes. But I remember when this first happened, reading whatever we could, whatever I could find about the shooter, and he shot his you know his grandmother and his mother, and I kept I kept reading. Where's his Where's his dad? Where's his dad? Here, here's what I want to point out here, folks is yesterday being Memorial Day, uh, my wife and I were at my the, ho- the home of my son and daughter-in-law, and they have four children. And we were out in the backyard. Of course, we were cooking out. This is pretty common on you know Memorial Day weekend. Anyway, my son's uh, two boys, uh, were, were we're talking. The kids are playing on the uh, slide, and they're doing this, and they're jumping off, and it was constantly, hey, Dad, watch this. Dad, look. Look, Dad, look. And I, I told my son, I said, can you imagine, and sometimes tragedies happen and kids don't have a dad, okay? Can you imagine you being, speaking of my son, you being missing from their lives because these two boys, and they have a third one who's just born, so he wouldn't say anything. <laughs> uh, but can you imagine not having that interaction? Yeah. There's no one there who's the same sex as you are to interact like that, always wanting affirmation, always wanting dad to be proud. Dad, what do you think about this? How do I do this when that's missing? Mm. And again, sometimes that is because of a tragedy Memorial day, a day when we honor those who didn't come home. Yes. Okay. And weren't in their, uh, the lives of their sons, but, um, not having that back and forth with a man, especially a godly man Mm. that leaves a big hole. And, One of the things we are talking about uh, during the break, I don't know if we discussed this at all uh, in the first segment, but you you were mentioning where so many people feel the right to be angry Mm -hmm. and take it out on society. You know what a dad does? A dad confronts that impulse when you're growing up Mm -hmm. and helps a young man channel that, control it. Yes. Channel it in the right direction. Deal with it in an appropriate way as an adult. Well, son, the world is not going to always give you what you want. Here's how you respond. If you don't have that in your life, that that's a deficit. Yes. And I think we have a lot of young men who don't have that for a variety of reasons, broken homes, what have you. But that means they are not equipped emotionally or mentally or spiritually to handle what life throws at them. You toss in violent media. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not saying everyone does it. If you play a violent video game, but you toss that into a young man's life and you give permission. You want to steal, Mm. go to the local CVS, take what you want. They owe you. I'm telling you, this is a, a, uh, a, a mixture that, is going to be combustible. Yes. And uh, Ray, you've been a pastor for many years. What's your take on that, on fatherlessness?
2: All we can say is that no family is going to be everything it ought to be in the eyes of God unless there is a father who is strong and compassionate and wise and completely committed to leading his home in the paths of righteousness and godliness and integrity. Anytime you take a father out of the family, things can never get better, right? right? They just can't. God intended there to be a mother and a father who love each other, who love the Lord, and who love their children. And when you've got that, you've got the building blocks for a stable society. Take the father out of that picture, and look, God bless all the single moms, right? Amen. They they labor under heavy difficulty we love them and we pray for them but we know because they know it would be so much better if there was a godly man who loved his wife loved his kids those kids are going to be in such a better place and our society would be stronger so at the bottom of all of this is the problem of fatherlessness and it's just so far guys that problem is just getting worse it is not getting better
1: right Well, we have somebody uh, in studio with us uh, talking about wanting to try to do something good for our society and to impact our culture for the sake of righteousness. We have in studio with us our very own Joseph Parker, who's Director of Outreach and Intercession. He's hosted the Hour of Intercession Heard weekdays at 3 a.m. Central Time here on American Family Radio. Pastor Joseph Parker, uh, thanks for joining us.
3: Good to be with you, Ed and Fred. Good Mm -hmm. to see you all today.
1: Well, so, uh, Joseph, tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about uh, what you're doing to try to bring the influence of God's Word into the lives
3: of young people, but anybody. Well, you know, Ed, again, I really appreciate the opportunity to share about this particular project. We call it the Ten Commandments Project. We've been carrying on for a few years, and we have different aspects of it. One is very simply if uh, a parent has their child to memorize the Ten Commandments uh, and recites them to them, uh, all the parent needs to do is call us and tell us my son or daughter recited the Ten Commandments and he needs a size, whatever size shirt, and give us the address and we'll mail him a shirt with the Ten Commandments on it, which of course, nice prize, but the more important issue is planting the seed of the Ten Commandments in the heart of that child. Another aspect of it is Encouraging we, we lead them and we encourage churches to lead projects of four weeks projects where they teach them the meaning of the Ten Commandments as well as have them memorize them. And we've had a number of churches or individuals to do that. But one of the more recent projects has been a pro life speech contest whereas young people were invited to uh write or have someone write help them with a speech about specifically thou shalt not murder. And we started out a little slow, but we ended up with about 40 young people submitting videos of speeches. And all of them are powerful, but it's been an exciting discipleship project for them to be a part of because what has been very encouraging is to hear the parents talk about how this project changed their their son or daughter. Mm. And so uh, we were going to listen to a portion of one of the speeches this morning from a nine-year-old little girl named Sophia from Florida. All right, uh, Brent. Go ahead, and uh,
1: we'll let our list our, our listeners hear part of this speech. Uh, it's two minutes long. Uh, the, the, we uh, we have a smaller clip, but the full speech is I think about two minutes. And we're gonna, Brent is gonna post that, or have you already posted it? It's, it's already, posted. already posted the full two minutes. But we want you to get kind of a flavor of uh, what Pastor Joseph has been doing. Go ahead.
6: Hi, my name is Sophia and I'm 9 years old and this is my sister Savannah. I want to talk about abortion. Some doctors say that the baby is just a little dog, but in real life, it's an alive baby. In Exodus 20, it says, Thou shalt not murder." and the Bible tells us how to live. Also, even if you already were abused or had sex before marriage, you should still have the baby. And give it up for adoption or or you could keep the baby. Even if you already um, had um, hmm. abortion, I just want to tell you uh, something that could make you happier. In the Bible, there was a woman who did bad things and everybody was about to throw rocks at her. But Jesus said, only if you have not sinned then you can throw rocks, but everybody
1: has sinned, so no one can throw rocks. And then Jesus said to her, "Go sin no more." Uh, that's that's uh wow. yeah wow Ray go ahead J- jump in here that that's that's powerful <laughs> stuff coming. This was a nine year old a nine
3: year old girl with her little baby sister sitting on her lap during her speech.
2: <laughs> oh God bless her. I mean, there's as much truth there as you're ever going to hear and said so quickly, so brilliantly, so biblically, God bless her. That's fan- fantastic, fantastic little speech.
1: So this, uh, this you've done this for several years, this kind of uh, speech content. The, the, the point is to get young people used to speaking out about their faith, and in this case, the Ten Commandments. But any church can do this, right? Any church can, can hold these kinds of contests to get our kids saturated in the Word of God, not only for themselves and the benefit that that brings to their spiritual lives, but then they are more, uh, I think, they, they will more readily be able to express it to other people.
3: Right. To plant the Word in the hearts and the minds of our children to begin with. But then also helping them to learn to engage the word of God and put it to work in society. Because, of course, the speeches are they it goes beyond the contest because we're featuring these speeches on Facebook. This little girl could speak to any politician or preacher or anybody else in our nation to an issue. That's very much uh, an issue going, you know, being engaged in our nation right now, you know, standing for life. And so it's helping you giving youth an opportunity, a platform to speak truth into our culture.
0: I just love, too, what the little girl was saying that, you know, that abortion is wrong uh, for for any reason. That's right. But also giving hope to those who have maybe had an abortion in the past mm-hmm. uh, and, and giving the example of what Jesus taught about that woman who was basically thrown at him and commit adultery, let you without sin cast the first stone, and That's those true. people left, so... uh tremendous nine years old a tremendous uh-huh. understanding so we give credit to the mom and dad in this case That's right. obviously and it almost sounded like joseph that she wasn't necessarily reading from a script she
3: wasn't reading a script this she was doing it in front of a video she was not reading anything
0: that impressed me also <laughs> uh you know a lot of people can read notes right. but this little girl and you could tell it was coming from the heart so credits to mom and dad for doing this and for instilling. It's also a message to mom and dad. You don't have to wait until they're 10, 11, 12 years old That's to start right. teaching. I think this little girl has been taught for a number of years because it was natural for her.
3: Well, you know, uh, Fred. again, I think of this. We ended up with about 40 speeches. All of them were powerful. Yeah. And they were different, different ages from a range from age seven all the way to 18. A number of them, some used scripts and some didn't. But the powerful thing was they were engaging in doing kingdom work. Yes. Yes, the, Yes. they were part of the contest, you know, which was great. But they're speaking to issues that young people need to know about and they're being affected by. Many of them, their peers aren't here because mm-hmm. of the tragedy of abortion. And even like this little girl, we, we had her and her mom and her little brother who also did a speech on a broadcast recently, and she shared how that this little girl, Sophia, had tears in her eyes when she said, Mommy, how can mothers take the lives of their babies? And she's speaking truth in the way that any human being could react when they hear about the tragedy of abortion. And so it's a way to disciple our children, help them learn the word, learning truth, and applying it in life.
1: I, I got to say, there's probably some parents that were affected by working with you know, you you're quizzing your kid about the Ten Commandments. You're as a parent, you're getting the Ten Commandments That's said right. to you. You're seeing your kid be passionate about this subject. I would I would think that uh, some of the parents have been affected by this project.
3: You know, it's been exciting to see that because I'm having the some of the parents and the children come on the broadcast and recently had Maria, who is uh, Sophia's mom, and her little brother Carlos. And I should just mention her little brother in his speech. Now I w- I'm aware that some of some would consider his speech a little controversial. Her little brother Carlos pointed out he had a little gun in his speech, and he pointed out you can kill people with a gun or with a knife or with abortion. And lots of folks wouldn't like. Now he's speaking truth. Right. But lots of people wouldn't want to hear what Carlos, little seven-year-old Carlos had to say. So how, how could uh, folks who want to learn more about this
1: project maybe get some ideas for their own church or their own family? Uh, where can
3: they go to? Uh, to get more information? Well, they can go to the stand. Uh, One of the blogs that I uh, placed on the AFA stand is entitled Introducing the Pro-Life Speech Contest, which is, again, an aspect of the Ten Commandments Project. Or they can email me at jparker at afa.net. But one of the goals is clearly that this be a discipleship project that believers take and run because all these kids have been impacted powerfully to where their lives are different because they participated in it. But, of course, as other people hear their speeches as well, they too are impacted by these young people letting the Holy Spirit use them to speak truth into our culture.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, Pastor Joseph Parker has been our guest. He's Director of Outreach and Intercession, also host of The Hour of Intercession, heard weekdays at 3 a.m. Central Time on AFR. I know that's a little bit uh, early in the morning for many of you, but you can go and get the podcast and listen If you're asleep at 3 a.m. you can listen to that and when uh, Joseph was talking about going to the stand you go to afa.net you'll see a drop-down menu at the top says the stand you can search for Joseph Parker and pull up whatever he's written that is uh, still up there on the stand that's our blog site uh, online Joseph thank you so much for not only for being with us this morning but for your heart for children and families and the unborn you work tirelessly to uh, to get churches and pastors involved in this issue and in their communities uh, on this issue. So thank you for Amen. all that you do. Thank
3: Amen. you, Ed. All right.
1: All right, folks, uh, we're going to take a five-minute break for news. And when we come back, uh, Steve Jordahl will join us for more. You are listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio network. By the way, I did mention podcasts. You can go to afr.net and your favorite programming has podcasts. That means if you miss the live version of the show, you can download the podcast and listen at your leisure. Also, recommend that you get the AFR app for your smartphone or other portable device and you can listen anywhere you have a good signal. You can continue listening to American Family Radio programming. Again, Five-minute break for news. We will be right back. Please join us.
0: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect
4: those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.